Greetings and welcome to Pip Permaculture Podcast number 14. This time round, Robin chats with Pip writer Emily Stokes about keeping a house cow, expanding on Emily's article in the latest issue of Pip, number 11, with the cow on the front cover. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to the Pip Permaculture Podcast. Today I'm talking with Emily Stokes about having a house cow and Emily wrote an article in issue 11 of Pip magazine, Dreaming of a House Cow. Thanks Emily for coming in today. No problem Robin, thanks for having me. So yeah, I think, I mean we called it Dreaming of a House Cow because I think a lot of people dream about it and think it would be great to have your own cow and milk it and have all the benefits of having your own milk. Is it as good as everyone thinks it's going to be? Like, do you enjoy having a house cow? Um, for me, it was probably better than I dreamed about. And I did dream about it for a long time, probably about 10 years. Um, I was dreaming about having a house cow and then eventually um, it happened. So, yeah, it's for me, it's, it's every bit as good as I, I thought it would be. And I really hope people can and take the leap and... Um, and maybe try it themselves, but there's a lot to consider, certainly. So what was it that you were dreaming of? Why was it you were so enamoured with the idea? So when I first, probably around the time I started having children, um, I got into permaculture and really started on a bit of a health journey. Raw milk came up as something that um, I really wanted my kids to be drinking rather than pasteurised. So for about the last 13 or 14 years, um, we've been accessing raw milk in some form. Um, this is way before getting a house cow. So we would um, buy milk from local farmers and um, and it was fresh Jersey milk. And yeah, this is, this is what I want, wanted my kids to be drinking for the health benefits. So um, my children have always drunk raw milk. And eventually, you know, um, <clears throat> our dream of buying a property um, came to fruition and... As soon as we did, I um, looked around and, and bought my first house cow. It really was um, something that was pretty important to me to be able to to produce our own raw milk for, for our kids and for ourselves. And um, yeah. So what is the benefits Why, of drinking raw milk? Why did you want that for your kids so much? So the more I looked into it, it really seemed to be that um, drinking raw milk instead of pasteurised um, raw milk has the all of the enzymes intact, um, has all the, the good probiotics intact and, um, hasn't been adulterated by pasteurizing really is, um, heating it to quite a high temperature and it, um, does vastly change, um, the structure of the milk. So, yep, I really wanted my kids to be drinking, um, something that people have drunk for thousands of years and, and survived on very well, um, it was also important how the milk is produced. So even dairies these days, um, you know, they're, they're fairly big um, factor, milk factories really. So yeah, a big a big part of it for me was then having um, our own cow so we could really um, focus on, you know, what the cow's eating and, and also improving the health of the soil. So we're improving our soil, we're improving um, the milk, the type of milk that's coming out of the cow. And I really could then feel like my kids are getting not just raw milk, but the best, the best kind of raw milk mm. you can get. Yeah. And as most of our listeners would know, it's 
illegal to buy raw milk now in all is it all of Australia yeah yeah I believe so um there were some states where you could access raw milk in a health food shop um when they called it um bath maybe milk. bath milk or yeah. yeah something similar I think even a lot of that's been cut out now mm. which is a real um a real shame so there's lots of people who now cannot access any sort of raw milk and you know Australia's fairly fairly well behind the rest of the world mm. um even in the states um which have fairly tight um legal restrictions just about all states now you can buy um legal raw milk so mm. yeah, it's a bit of a problem here yeah and new zealand you can uh, yeah because i've seen um vending machines. the vending machine you take your own bottle yeah. and fill it up with raw milk yeah so we did that recently on holiday in new zealand and it was fantastic we could go on holiday take our own bottles and know that our kids are still getting healthy raw milk and they did drink a lot of it it was delicious yeah yeah, yeah that's great yeah so basically if you want that raw milk you Technically, you do need to have your own cows because you can drink it on your own property, but you can't sell it beyond to any, you can't take it off your property in any way. Is that what the rule is? Oh, that's right. And there are people doing things like herd share where you mm. can buy, you know, a part of your own cow. So um, you're owning the cow or you're share owning it. And um, and that way, yeah, people can get around um, the, the legal issue and can can theoretically buy raw milk um, i think it's there aren't that many herd shares in australia it's still um still mm. working out some issues there too yeah so. so if you own the cow and it's just someone else is milking it yeah that's you right can. you're paying someone else to to look after and milk your cow yeah yeah like loophole <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so but for a lot of people it's a nice idea you have the cow and you get up in the morning you milk it but in reality, that's quite a commitment that every single morning you need to be, and then sometimes twice a day, I guess, for some people. Um, you need to be there. You need to milk your cow. You can't just leave her hanging. Yep. <laughs> so is that how do you find that fits in? You've got three kids and a property that you run and look after and various other things that you do. How mm. does that fit into your lifestyle? Yeah, well, I figured I was home anyway. Um, I homeschool our children and we have a property, so we have other animals. We're, we're fairly tied down anyway. So yeah. um, it was not a big issue for me to um, have the commitment of a house cow. Um, and I, I really do love getting up in the morning and milking the cows. It's really, it's just, just another part of my day. Um, they're just just beautiful animals, and just to get up in this in the morning sunshine, and they're all standing there at the gate, um, mm. just sort of relaxing and chewing their cud. And um, you know, I have about five or six of them now, so um, yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's just it's just lovely, and they're they they're just such a giving animal. They really, mm. yeah. And how long does that take you to milk five cows? So I don't milk them all. Some of them are dry. Some are feeding um, their own calves or potty calves. So the whole process takes me about an hour, regardless of whether I'm actually hand milking one or two or um, feeding a few calves. It's about an hour process for me. Um, it certainly could be a lot quicker if you've just got the one cow. Um, you could just pop outside and, and milk her and you might be done. Um, but yeah, generally there's there's more to it than just squeezing the milk out there's there's fencing to be um shifted there's you know we do rotational grazing so we might be moving the cows to a different paddock um 
Often they have different feed needs. So um, I actually individually mix up the feed for each cow, depending on her stage of lactation and her general health. Um, so yeah, there's a fair bit to it, but um, you can keep it as simple as you like. Mm. Um, yeah. So is there a lot to learn with knowing what to feed them? And like, how did you start? Because you you're not from a farming background necessarily, are you? No, not at all. Um, I... My husband did grow up milking cows, so um, I had to ask him a few questions. He was uh, fairly against the whole getting a house <laughs> cow thing because he had to milk a cow when he was a kid. So, yeah. um, And that's why I don't actually um, try and make my kids come out and milk the cow every day because I don't want them to be put off. I just um, I want them to love it um, and mm. do it if they want to. So, um, yeah, I just learned as I went along. Um uh, yeah, it's it, it's hard at first. Um, I, I couldn't get all the milk out. Uh, my hands would hurt, so um, I had to get a little bit of help at, at first. But really, you pick it up so quickly. Um, if you get a nice cow with a nice temperament, I, I chose a cow that I just thought was the most beautiful jersey I'd ever seen. So it certainly wasn't about temperament, but she yeah. ended up she ended up pretty pretty happy. She would would bail the kids up at first, but um, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so can you run me through the process in the morning? Because it's not, like you say, it's not just milking the cow. Then you've got all the milk that needs to be processed as well. So, yeah, what's your sort of morning routine and how do you fit that in with kids and breakfast and all the other things that need to be done in the morning? Yep, okay. It is, um, yeah, you do settle into a routine eventually. I will get up and usually feed the kids first they are the loudest and um <laughs> they <laughs> moo louder they moo the loudest <laughs> so um yeah we probably you know have our breakfast about seven thirty, and sometimes about maybe eight o'clock I'll head out with my pail and um my little um washing cloth and off to the dairy and your gorgeous handmade stool that your daughter made yes and my beautiful little milking stool which you can see photos of in the mag pit magazine and up to the dairy, um, the cows are always waiting there for me. So, um, yeah, it's it's a fairly simple operation to, you know, work out the food, um, get myself in position, and milk the cow. Sometimes it's in the paddock. Sometimes I milk in the in the bale or the crush, um, depending on where they are in the in the paddock. And after that, yeah, I put them back in the put all the cows away, and um, yeah, then it's the inside milking. So there's the outside milking where you're, you're squeezing milk out of a teat and then the inside milking where you take all your milk back inside and have to deal with it. And it could be five to ten litres a day. So um, you have to decide whether you just strain it through a muslin cloth into some nice glass bottles into your fridge um, to drink fresh. You might um, use it for your dairy kefir grains and make some lovely cultured, um, cultured kefir. Uh, which is a bit of a hit in our household. Um, I make a lot of, so I make some cultured butter, a, a lot of yogurt and a lot of cheese, usual, usually simple cheeses such as um, feta. Um, we have a lot of feta, a lot of ricotta. Um, the kids have learnt how to make that, so they're always clamouring to make a bit of their own ricotta, oh, which good. they eat fresh. Um, and it's just incredible eating ricotta. Fresh is, is nothing like mm, um, any yeah. other ricotta you could buy. And um, fresh from your own milk too. Yep. I mean, I make ricotta from bought milk, but to have it straight out of the cow, straight into the 
Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah. It's it's really worth it when you have moments like that and you're having breakfast or lunch with your own homemade cheese. You're drinking your own milk. My kids just drink just liters of milk. Um, mm. They're always in the fridge. I love it. They they try and wait. To, if I'm around, they'll shake the bottle. But otherwise, I'm sure they just drink the cream straight off the top. Yeah. I don't. I don't blame them. It's um, it's just delicious. I always um, have all my cows are A2 cows or cows that produce A2 milk, which is generally heritage type breeds such as brown Swiss and Jersey. So the milk's really creamy. It's just um, you won't get that sort of cream if you went um, to a dairy that has Frisians most likely. So although a lot of the dairies have mixtures these days, um, it's just, um, yeah, it's just delightful. Mm. <laughs> I love drinking it too. Yeah. Uh, coffee, coffee in the morning with uh, cream or milk from the cow. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. Oh, it sounds great. So does that, how long does that process take? I mean, I guess it depends what you're making, but that's another whole world, isn't it? I mean, in the same magazine, we've got an article on natural cheese making and a lot of it does rely on having raw milk. So, um, yeah, is yeah. it quite time consuming or is it fairly um, straightforward? Once you, again, once you get into a routine of it, it really can just be a part of your day. Um, I'm at home a fair bit, so I can put some time into the kitchen. But really, if you're getting back to traditional foods and things like milking a cow, you probably, yeah, need to, maybe you need to move something else out of your life and, yeah. and to make a bit more room. Because I, I really yeah. think the importance of making your own and producing your own food at home, which um, a lot of listeners will be right into as well, um, I, I just think there's we've got to move back to that kind of mm. thing. It's it's really important to pre, for our kids to be eating yeah. real real food, whole food, homegrown, yeah. and so I make it a priority. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is can be time consuming, and sometimes I, um, I have all this milk, and I just you know I'll sometimes give it away or I'll swap it with people. Um, sometimes the the dog gets it because <laughs> Lucky there's, dog. there's a bit of milk that's been left on the bench and. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, how how wonderful that we've got such abundance um, mm. of milk. So, um, yeah, yeah, and what a pity that it's not, you're not able to set up a business selling it because there's a lot of people that would love it. But, yeah, laws exactly. prevent you. And... Yeah, I mean, when we came back from New Zealand, we, you know, really had a look at could we get a some sort of vending machine, um, but it just, just wouldn't work over here. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a real problem. Uh, it's a real shame. I really feel like I cannot... Um, yeah, make my farm financially financially viable for these kind of reasons. The same mm. thing with with raw meat and selling that off your farm meat and milk. Um, you just can't do it, and things have got to change. Mm. Yeah, totally. So talking about um, going away, it's it's okay to leave the cows and go away for periods of time. Okay, um, so what we do, we either get farm sitters and teach them how to milk or um, we'll just juggle it so that you can either dry off your cow or if she has a calf, then you don't need to milk her. Um, she'll be fine with a calf. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, there's ways around that. Um, we've, yeah, we've found some pretty good farm sitters that are, oh, that's yeah, cool. like love milking the cow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it is a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure lots of people would be happy to come in and do that. And what about the idea of maybe sharing a cow with someone on your own property? So if you were, you didn't have the 
thought it might be difficult to commit maybe I mean I've thought about trying to do that here have a cow and maybe have three or four households and we take it in turns to milk it each day do you think that would be a I think that's the perfect scenario um yeah I wish that could have worked for us and I did try a few times um even on our property to try and get people to come in and and be sort of a backup milker and they can have the milk. Um, but yeah, I think sharing a cow on a small space is definitely um, a viable way to do it. Then if, if one of you goes away, the others can milk. I, I do know of communities who do this with goats. They yeah um, they just share milk with goats and take their turn, you know, a couple of days a week. They take the milk when they milk. And um, when people go away, they've got fill mm. So yeah. Yeah, I think um, cows on small spaces can work. You don't need a lot of grass because you often supplement them anyway. Even with a big farm, we we supplement the cows in the bale mm. a, a bit um, when there's not enough green grass around or, yeah, we want to produce a bit more milk. So, yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely ways to do it, I think. Yeah. And there's lots of, um, you know, the small breeds. The jerseys aren't that big. You can get the smaller breeds that you could have on a on a small mm. space so yeah what do you need to have like before you got a cow did you just what did you need to have set up and and how much space do you think is the minimum you could get away with um i believe depend really depends on the pasture you could i think you can get away with a, a cow per acre you'd possibly need to supplement it for at certain times um yeah an equipment what's okay equipment, equipment. You know? um look we had we had a crush when we first got there and we are building so a could you just explain to people what okay. a crush is it sounds a bit like something like crush the cow but. so a cattle crush um where the usually when you're doing cattle work on a property um each animal moves through the crush and you just push down a section and it just sort of locks their head in so similar to a milking bale where you just lock their head in position it's not it doesn't hurt them at all um it's just they just put their head down and into the bucket of feed and um you milk away behind them um if you don't have something like that look it's you know depending on the the personality of the cow i have sold a house cow to someone who I thought they would probably need some sort of bale, but they just milked her in the paddock straight away. Mm. They just put the bucket of food down. She put her head in it and they just sat on a stool behind her and milked. And it, I was amazed really. Um, yeah, that worked out fine for mm. them. They just really bonded with that cow and mm. she was a really great fit for them. We couldn't have known that. But um, but you do that with some of your cows too. Yeah. Photos. Yep, definitely with definitely with the brown Swiss, who's quite a gentler sort of um, breed. Not so, you know, the jerseys can be a bit pushy, but um, yeah, plenty of people you can just milk in the paddock. Look, they'll they'll quieten up if you're with your cow every day. Mm. You're patting it, you're talking to it, you're loving your cow. She will respond, and I, I think you can you can get away with probably having very little, really, mm. just a, a feed bucket and mm. um, your milking bucket. Um, yeah. yeah, and you could maybe tether them um, if if that works for the cow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you think it is possible in an urban situation? Like, I mean, most. Yeah, I I guess either 
on a particularly large block or maybe if there's some community land you could take the cow to feed in or what what might be some of the options to do it if you're living in an urban situation yeah I haven't thought too much about that but um I reckon I mean obviously people do it with goats they mm. possibly fit a small space better but I, I reckon you could do it with a cow especially yeah I mean wouldn't it be great if they could give you know up some yeah community space and parkland mm. um yeah. For someone to keep their cows. And this is what people did for a long time. Saves them mowing. Yeah. And using Roundup and yeah, just have the cow. Be, that would be fantastic. I'd really, I'm sure there are people somewhere in the world um, who are doing this already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So would you recommend it to everyone or would, do you think there are some situations that, like, because it is a bit of a time commitment, do you think? Um, it's a viable thing for lots of people or it's a matter of whether or not you have the time and the flexibility. Yeah, I think you just, you, you probably, you, you f really want to, yeah, you'd probably want to do it. You have to want to do it um, and, and really like the animals. But um, I think, yeah, just give it a go if you're really keen. Um, you know, you could just give it a try. It's, yeah. it's really worth it. Um, and, you know, if there's a situation where you could just try it out um, and if not, you know, you could move the cow on again. Um, yeah. You can, people buy and sell them on Gumtree. Um, you can approach a local farm and, uh, or you could raise a potty yourself so you know that animal pretty well mm. and you can train them yourself. So um, what are you looking for when you, if you are going to buy one, what would you be, ask, what questions would you be asking and what would you be looking out for? So you probably really want to know the age of the animal, um, if they've had pregnancies before, what they've been like. Um, you want to know the breeding, whether or not they've been milked before. Um, and yeah, probably yeah, age and, and production most important. Um, I really didn't look into that. I just, <laughs> my eyes glazed over and I saw this beautiful Jersey cow and that was it. I didn't need to ask any questions yeah. and, and she's been great. And we've had, you know, daughters and sons and grandsons from her that we've kept and have been wonderful too. We've also bought a cow off gum tree. We didn't go and look at it we, mm. and she's just a, just a gorgeous um, cow. So you probably can't go too far wrong, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, they're really beautiful, and you you can quieten cows down, um, yeah, fairly quickly. So, yeah, once they I, get used to you, and and we've we've milked all sorts of mixed beef breeds, you know, half um, Herefords, and you know, and pushy um, potty raised girls that we, yeah. we've raised ourselves and try and boss us around, and <laughs> they're all personalities, and yeah, yeah we love them all, and um, yeah, the milk's great from all of them, yes. Yeah, so probably the only one. I mean, I have heard of people milking Angus cows. Um, yeah, that was probably our, um, one of our experiences that didn't work so well on <laughs> Angus Cross, but I have heard of them. In what way didn't it work? Well, Angus have a bit of a reputation of being a bit wild. Um, okay. So she was a bit kicky, mm. uh, kicked the bucket a few times, which is always devastating when you've just milked, yeah. <laughs> milked that beautiful milk out. But apart from that, yeah, look, it's 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 all been good. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's very inspiring. I'm almost inspired to do it. I fit it into my schedule. Not that I have much. Anyway, um, so, yeah, thanks for having a chat and 
yeah, we'll look forward to having a chat again in the future. Emily's also the editorial assistant with Pip Magazine, so there's quite a few articles you'll see written by Emily. Okay, thanks for the chat. Thanks, Robin. Bye. Bye. You have been tuned in to the Pip Permaculture Podcast with Robin Rosenfeld and Emily Stokes talking about keeping your own house cow. To read more about all things permaculture and cow, check out issue 11, available now at www.pipmagazine.com.au as well as newsagents and stockists around Australia. Stay tuned for our next Permi podcast as well as issue 12 of the magazine, coming so soon.